It is Friday. It's Friday. Yes, it's Friday. If you'd like to be part of our Friday program, 800-848-WABC is the number to call, 1-800-848-9222. And we, of course, have more news popping out of every sort of media outlet that you can think. Princess Diana, who's going to be with us shortly, sent me a uh, a story with an accompanying video of our very own Mark Stein. I say our very own because he's with us here every Tuesday. And I posted it on my Twitter account uh, after I read it and then looked at the video. This is a must-see. Mark is so brilliant on this. It is just, a, it, it is, a, words fail. It is astounding. If you're totally interested, if you're a big Mark Stein fan, go look at my Twitter account, at Nerdly and check it out. Or I'm sure Mark posted it to his to his site at Mark, at Stein Online, and you know it's just amazing. Now, where do we start? Whether we should start in the Ukraine or we should start in New York City? Let me flip a coin. I don't have a coin. Let's start in New York City. The poop attack. You all, we haven't spent a lot of time with this because it's such a disturbing story and it's so gross. But here we are. This is uh, New York Post, and here we all thought the subways couldn't get worse. Silly us. Oh, sure, having fresh human feces smeared all over your face isn't like being slashed, shot, or shoved in front of a moving train. It's It's just revolting beyond belief and more evidence that New York has lost the will to defend its institutions its people, and its future. And then it talks about the man, if you want to call him that, who perpetrated this attack. Frank Abrokawa, 37 years old, with a rap sheet extending to 1999 is alleged to have smeared his own feces on a woman in a Bronx subway station last week, and then, observing at his arrangement, he said, quote, S-H-I, you know the rest, S happens. <laughs> Indeed it was. <laughs> but the joke was on the victim. He was immediately cut loose because... Poop smearing may be socially coercive beyond comprehension, but it isn't a jail-worthy offense under New York's spanking new thoroughly insane bail laws. Need more? A Brokwa was then arrested, arraigned, and then re-released on an unrelated hate crime charge which, frankly, is beyond the beyond. New York's public spaces are filling up with disgusting, dangerous people with no meaningful pushback. We can't allow this horrific situation to be the status quo, said a clearly exercised Mayor Adams on Thursday, which is true enough. 
But who is listening? The story goes on and on and on. And then there's another story, also in the Post, the companion story. The career criminal charged in the Bronx feces attack bragged on social media. So he gets released. He's got a criminal history going back to 1999, multiple arrests like so many of these uh, criminals do, long rap sheets. He bragged on social media about getting out of jail with no bail and boasted that he'd shoot anything he could get his effing hands on. So he gets out. He's already, in this one, charged with this this horrible, horrible crime. Charged with another hate crime, and he's still walking the streets of New York. And bragging on social media. Paying no bail because this is what progressive Democrats are doing to New York City. Yet another unprovoked New York City subway attack as a woman 68 years old is slashed. This happened yesterday, late yesterday. She was walking downstairs at the 14th Street Union Square uh, station, 845 last night. A man approached her from behind without saying a word, slashed her on her left shoulder. The suspect, who wore a gold jacket, took off after the attack. Coward, of course. And this incident came days after after a man randomly socked a 45-year-old woman in the face as she walked down the stairs at the Woodlawn Number 4 station in the Bronx. New York City subways. What a mess. What a mess. Now, the attack at Union at um the attack at, at Union Square just ought to I mean look. Union Square had, or at least it used to have, so much subway traffic, so much pedestrian traffic, so much traffic from pedestrians getting ready to take the subway that it was one of the busy it used to be, I don't know about recently, but it used to be such a busy train station. Just like Queens Plaza where this other woman was was beaten in the head. These are busy, busy thoroughfares in New York. And one would think that if, there, if there's such a crackdown on the subways, that there would at least be an officer or multiple officer at some of these busy train stations, especially at night, especially during the... Not that it stops because some of these criminals have been so brazen that they spread their criminality throughout the day now, broad daylight. They're not fearful. Where where is all the protection that New York is expected after we were told there was going to be a crackdown? How do you crack down if there are no officers at these stations? And I I don't understand why, knowing that the subways are a priority to get control of the subways again, why they are not just being flooded with law enforcement. Even if you can't sustain that long term, 
at least put up a show of force right now. Turning to matters overseas, and then we will speak with Princess Di. I am so looking forward to speaking with her royaltiness, her highnessness today, because last week on the program, I postulated on this very program, maybe a week ago today, I postulated that Senator Rick Scott might be making a breakaway move because he announced his own agenda, and it seemed to take the Republican Senate by surprise. And Princess Di just shut me down, just Like, oh, you idiot, you don't know what you're talking about. He's one of Mitch McConnell's boys. Just just talk about something else. So dutifully, I just said, oh, well, you know, the princess of policy knows better than I do what's going on with the turtle and the the senator, so I just shut up. Well, it turns out that it looks, appears that I was right after all. So I am, I am looking forward in a matter of minutes, to hearing Her Majestiness have to say before you, before everybody here on WABC, the whole listening audience in Pennsylvania, in Connecticut, in New Jersey, in New York, those catching our streaming from all parts around the country and, in fact, many parts of the world, I am looking forward at long last to having Her Royal Highness have to say those three words that men love to hear the most, Well, the other three besides I love you, which is, James, you're right. I'm so looking forward to this. Anyway, people in the Ukraine will be very happy to know, and I say this uh, in all sincerity after reading this news story that uh, comes to us from the Daily Mail UK, that uh, the communist thug... Vladimir Putin, I love hearing New Yorkers pronounce his name. New York people, some New Yorkers, especially women I've noticed, and that's not a sexist remark. Some women, I used to love, I used to have friends that would call Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton. And with Putin, they say, Vladimir Putin, 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 Putin. Anyway, um, Vladimir Putin ladies and gentlemen, says his forces are not bombing Ukrainian cities. And so the people that are being bombed in Ukrainian cities, including the hundred that appear to be buried under the rubble near a bombed-out building near Kiev, will be glad to know that Vladimir Putin isn't the one bombing them. It must be some invisible enemy that they didn't know about because Vlad says we're, we're not bombing anybody as the Russian bombs continue to fall. Vladimir Putin also says that Russia has no ill intentions toward Ukraine. No, no, no. They're just capturing Europe's biggest nuclear power plant. They're just bombing the cities into... Oh, they're not bombing, remember. They're just shelling these cities into the last century or the century before. They're just killing innocent men, women, and civilians. But, oh, no, no, the Russians have no ill intentions toward Ukraine. Why? Why? They're they're, they're friends. The Russians might just be standing to them. How? We come in peace. 
and we're going to leave you a piece of your city where the whole city once stood. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, your calls again are welcome today, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. And when we get back, Princess Bo, the one and only, Her Majesty Princess Di with an admission that I was right. Don't go away. We'll all want to hear this. Right back in a moment. It's time for Radio Royalty with James Golden and America's Princess of Policy, Princess Di. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is an appearance from Her Majesty, Her Highnessness, Her Royaltiness that I have been looking forward to for the last few days. This appearance may be the first and only time in the history of mankind that a man is told publicly, without shame, without fear, that he was right, and that he has been right, and apologized to, where people all around the world and all around the country can hear it. And so it is with great honor that I bring you America's Princess of Policy, Princess Groveling today, Princess Diana. Welcome, Your Majesty. Thank you, Sir James, the Knight of the Golden Order, the Duke of Snurdly. I do not want to disappoint you because you are so right about so many things. Thank you. But you're wrong again about this. Would you like to know why? No. No, I would not. First of all, here, let, let us lay this out. Okay, let's no, no, I am not wrong here, Diana. This is what happened, folks. Last week, Rick Scott, the ex the ex governor of Florida, now the senator from Florida, came out. He has an 11 point agenda. Okay, and the 11 point agenda is what he would like to see Republicans adopt. I looked at this and I said, whoa, this is bizarre. Rick is challenging the turtle. He's actually coming up and telling the turtle, that would be Mitch McConnell, the Senate minority leader, who is probably going to be the Senate majority leader after the midterm elections. He's saying to, to, to Mitch, hey, Mitch, this is a challenge on your authority. I have my own agenda here. And so Diana, Princess Diana gets on the radio and says, oh, no, no, you idiot. You're wrong. He, Rick Scott is just another minion of the turtle. I, I meekly just backed off because I'm like, well, why am I going to argue against the princess? Princess knows everything when it comes to policy. Well, this week, it turns out I was right because Mitch McConnell went to the Senate floor and publicly rebuked. He rebuked. He smote. He smote him on the Senate floor. He smote Rick Scott. He said, how dare you? I'm saying, I'm paraphrasing. How dare you yeah. come up? How dare you come up with an agenda for Republicans? I'm the damn leader here, and don't you ever mistake who the leader is. I, if, if there's going to be an agenda, I'll let them know when there's an agenda. Now, Rick, go somewhere and get off the floor. And so Rick Scott has basically said, well, listen, uh, uh, this is my plan. It's not Mitch McConnell's plan. He kind of did what I did. He's backing off. But he still has his own plan. And by the way, it's a good plan. And Republicans are pissed off that he's daring to mention it. He want, Rick Scott is saying that every American should pay at least some kind of taxes. And Republicans and Democrats, Republican rhinos and Democrats are angry 
Because what that's saying is that 50% of the American people would be hit with a tax hike. That would be the 50% that don't pay any taxes at all. So this is, okay, I've said my piece. Now, Princess Di, you can admit to the world that I'm right. (laughs) Okay, let's start from the beginning, all right? Remember the princess uh, principle, watch what they do, not what they say. And I have a question for you. Do you know Rick Scott's title within the Republican leadership? Do you know what he chairs? What does he chair? The National Republican Senatorial Committee. Do you know what that does? Yeah, that raises all the money for the... No, I'm an idiot. That raises all the... I, I know you <laughs> that, know. This that raises all the money. That raises all the money for the Senate election. He Who appointed him? To the chair? The turtle appointed the him. Okay. The turtle, Mitch would McConnell. You, would you let me... Let me just keep asking. Would you appoint someone who is in any way not on your page, if you're Mitch McConnell? Would you appoint someone as for the purse strings, for the money, who's going to be spending hundreds of millions of dollars to elect Republican senators? Would you put someone in that position who is going to go rogue? No, you would not. So that is my first question to you. My second question to you is who provided the money when Rick Scott rolled out a seven-figure national TV and digital ad buy? Do you think Rick Scott did that without permission from the turtle? Where did that money come from? It's not Rick Scott's money. Okay. So here is my question for you. Do you think Rick Scott has ever, in his political lifetime, ever legislatively pursued any one of these 11 points that he put out as this supposed manifesto? Well, I, I, uh, I'm going to, no, um, he has not. He has not. He is a rhino from the word go always has been, which is why McConnell put him in that position. However, he faces a very difficult political problem right now in that the donors and the voters are not donating and voting for the Republicans as Republicans. They're not giving money. The donors aren't. There is a real hesitancy. So he has to bridge two opposing forces, the Trump forces, which is rising within the Republican Party, and the McConnell forces. And how do you do it? You put out an 11-point plan that means nothing. It isn't anything you intend to ever do. It sounds good. And then you run an inside-outside game where you make people think there's this big fight between McConnell and Rick Scott which there is not. In fact, it was at the same press conference the Washington Post story wrote about on Tuesday. They were at the same press conference. First, Scott went up and told his thoughts, and then McConnell was at. And then Rick Scott left immediately. He he didn't even wait for McConnell. He left because it was a planned one-two punch. This is all for show. Everything about it would not have happened if it was not with Mitch McConnell's approval. And let me just go through a few of these. Rescue America 11-point plan. Our kids will say the Pledge of Allegiance, salute the flag, learn that America is great. 
we will the government will never again ask American citizens to disclose their race, ethnicity or skin color on any governmental form. The soft on crime days of coddling criminal behavior will end. Number four, we will secure our border, finish building the wall and name it after President Donald Trump. I got to that point and I'm like, oh, this is so cynical. This is what they think we want to hear. None of it they intend to do, not Rick Scott, not anyone in the Republican leadership, and not Mitch McConnell. So the fact that they even put it out there and they thought people would bite, this is a game they're running, James. And I want people to be very, very careful and watch, as I say, what they do, not what they say. Moving on. We have another story here that uh, is... uh, Wait a minute. Do you find that persuasive or or what do you think? Moving on, we have another story here. Uh, Diana, it was... uh, You have raised some... uh, Once again, Princess, Your Majesty. Goodness gracious. It appears that you may be... It It may unfold as you expect. Oh, come on. It's not going to ever do as I expect. You just nailed it, and I just once again fell for it. Well, let's just continue to watch what they do. I mean, look, look, some of these points, this point with the tax thing, and Republicans are, folks, this is what, this is one of the things that really grabbed my attention. And I don't think people understand this. The Democrats have been for years saying that people have got to pay their fair share of taxes. They always point to the rich. And, of course, the Democrats never pay their fair share of taxes, like like our guy here, Hakeem Jeffries, who pays 230-something bucks in taxes for his condo, for his multimillion-dollar condo, while telling all the rest of us that we need to pay taxes. But anyway... No, wait, I just want to add another thing, Mm -hmm. is that all of these 11 points are things we wish actual representatives in Congress would believe, would put legislation forward for, and there's only one person that we've ever voted for who has advanced the agenda on these items, and that is Donald Trump. Donald Trump. And these are the same people who couldn't wait to undermine him at every turn. Here's the other interesting wrinkle, is that Donald Trump is working and hoping for Rick Scott to take over the leadership. He had him to Mar-a-Lago. He has mentioned it a few times that he'd prefer Rick Scott. And I'm afraid that this would be, that Rick Scott would be the Bill Barr of the Senate. I, th- I think that he it would not be a reliable ally. And I think he's putting this forward, this, this manifesto forward, in order to convince Trump as well that he's on board. Because everything about this. 11-point manifesto is Trumpist. And so I'm afraid that not only is it going to snow voters and donors, but it possibly could fool Trump, although maybe not. Well, the one thing I do want to say is this tax proposal that was put forward is indicative of something that most Americans don't know, and that is that half the country does not pay taxes. Half of America, More. more than half, does not pay any taxes whatsoever. And so what Rick Scott was saying, his point was that even if it's a token amount, every American should pay something in taxes. Every tax, every person that's working or that can, that can, that has, should pay at least a little something in taxes so that they would have skin in the game. 
And this is something that many of us have wanted to see for years. Half of this country does not pay taxes. They get money in their pockets from the other half that do. And those that actually are paying. Now they get they get payments that used to be tax breaks that would you'd have as a, a deduction at the end of the year. Now you're actually getting monthly checks or have been during COVID. Right. So it's gone the backwards way. It hasn't gone toward the things that you and I agree with. Well, we've used up our time, Princess Di, and once again, I walk away with nothing but embarrassment. <laughs> never, never say that, James. I so love listening to you, especially when you give it to the other side and even people among our side who are on the other side. It is so encouraging and inspirational, and I'm always standing and cheering from my office at home when I hear you. Well, thank you. Princess Di, back with us tomorrow morning. And we'll go into some of these other stories and and who knows what. So join us tomorrow. By the way, announcement to be made. Saturday, WABC. The Saturday morning extravaganza is going to be more extravagant. We begin tomorrow at 7 a.m. Eastern time. So three hours of me, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on Saturday mornings. You wake up, set your alarm clock for 7 We'll be there for your first cup of coffee on Saturday morning, 7 o'clock. And joining us tomorrow will be Princess Di. Thank you, Princess Di. Appreciate you. Love you as always. Thank you. Thank you, Sir James. WABC Talk Radio 77, James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley. Coming back, we've got more news. We've got your phone calls, 848-WABC. If you want to be part of the program, don't go away. Oh, knows politics. And so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC. W-A-B-C at Talk Radio 77 in New York. Rolling Stones. It's okay, you can rock and roll in your car. You can dance. If you're at home, you can get out of your seat and dance to this. I so love the Rolling Stones. Hey, you. You know, I have memories of the first time I heard the Rolling Stones. It was... I can't get no satisfaction. And I got to tell you, we were we were kids then, and we used to go to these little house parties. You know, you'd have birthday parties and everything, so we were kids, and we had these little parties. And, of course, you know, being – well, how shall I say this? So we used to listen to a lot of R&B music, and, and, and so we didn't know for a long time that the Rolling Stones were not an R&B group. They were a rock group because – Ain't got no satisfaction. Just sounded just, I can't get no satisfaction. Just sounded like everything else that we were listening to. It was so good. It was such an amazing hit. And here we are all these decades later, and the Rolling Stones are still rock and rolling. I mean, are they one of the the most incredible bands in the world? Wow. I love the Rolling Stones. Mick Jagger, amazing. Uh, now, our sorry Secretary of State, 
Anthony Blinken said Friday that NATO is ready for a conflict with Russia if necessary. Really? Ours is a defensive alliance, he said prior to a meeting with NATO Secretary General. We seek no conflict, but if conflict comes to us, why, we're ready for it, and we will defend every inch of NATO territory. Really? Who believes, does anyone out here believe that NATO would do anything to go up against the evil commie Vladimir Putin? Putin. Do you think that NATO is going to actually get involved in anything? No. I, I honestly believe that NATO is next to useless and that we ought to really question why we have continued to be involved in NATO. The Russians are just doing at will what they want with Ukraine, and the rest of the world is just standing back looking. And, I, again, I said that they're not, there should not be American blood in this conflict. But I think it's just a disgrace for the continent of Europe to just stand by and watch this happen and not, not give any assistance to the brave Ukrainians. The United States has added 678,000 jobs in February. The folks over at NPR say that's another sign that the labor market is burning hot. Yeah, well, there's still a lot more jobs to be filled than there are workers in many points, so we shall see. By the way, I want to thank the folks at AmericanWireNews.com, AmericanWireNews.com, and also BizPackReview.com. You know, yesterday we talked a lot about Tucker Carlson here and the fact that Tucker is under assault. And, boy, the assaults every day, more and more assaults on Tucker Carlson in the mainstream press. Today it was that guy, John, John, what's his name, that used to be on that comedy show. He's raising his voice to join in the crowd bashing Tucker. And I'm going to tell you something. I love Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson is an amazing, amazing broadcaster, And yesterday we spent a lot of time talking about the attacks on Tucker and how we, the conservatives, should back and support Tucker. So Tucker is one of the people that stands up for us, as do so many of the other conservatives that find themselves under attack, our broadcasters and our print media. They are always under attack, and the Republicans in Congress do nothing. Um, In so many instances, print, print publishers are finding themselves uh, censored on social media platforms. And the Republicans in Congress do nothing. These are the same social media platforms that help secure elections for Democrats. We also talked about yesterday about how the, the millions that Mark Zuckerberg and his wife spent for Democrats and the difference that it made. And yet Republicans will not do anything to rein in these tech bullies. And, yeah, I'm talking about Facebook and talking about Twitter, and I use Twitter. I use Facebook. But they really don't treat Republican and conservatives well, and everybody knows this. They're biased. And yet we don't see any action from the Republicans in Congress to stand up for our broadcasters, to stand up for our print media. And so I say we give Tucker some love, okay, and... 
and I continue. Well, well, BizPack and American Wire, American Wire News and BizPack Review both wrote articles about the show yesterday, and I do appreciate that very much. Let us head to the telephones. And this is a question that I get a lot, so I want to take it today. Rocco, New Jersey, how are you? All right, Bo, how's it going? Everything is good. Thank you very much. Yeah, so, yeah, this has been keeping me up at night. I just got to know, if you're the voice behind the Arby's, we got the meats commercial. We got the meats. No, you know who that is? That's Ving Rhames. Uh, I recognized wow. his voice the first time I heard it. I said, that's Ving Rhames. And then people started asking me, is that you? I'm like, wow, my voice sounds like Ving Rhames. I'm flattered. That's wow, Ving. Wow. wow. Okay, so I'm not crazy. Nope, um, you're not. That's Ving Rhames. And what a great actor he is. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Listen tomorrow. We start at 7 o'clock in the morning for the Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Let us go to Jim in Queens. WABC Talk Radio 77. Jim, you're on with James Golden. Remember, Cats at Night comes up right after this show, so you'll want to keep it here on WABC. Jim, what is on your mind this afternoon? Everybody's overlooking Bill Barr, the attorney general, who, in my estimation, is responsible for Biden being in there. He had all the goods on Hunter Biden uh, before the election, and he came out with them two days after the election, and then he resigned two days after that. Well, he was pretty much fired. Donald Trump fired him. And he actually talked about that recently. And Bill Barr made a very disparaging statement toward uh, former President Trump. He's pretty, he said in a broad sense that, Trump, that President Trump was responsible for what happened on January 6th. And let us be clear about something. President Trump was not responsible for people going into the Capitol and rioting. He never called for there to be riots. He never called for people to go to the Capitol and march on the Capitol. And so all of this is an extrapolation. This entire January 6th commission is a farce. And the only two rhinos that they could get to join the farce are Liz Cheney and Adam uh, Kinziger. Kinziger, I don't don't think, is running again. And Cheney, she has got a war chest. So we all think that Cheney's going to be taken out politically speaking, of course, but I got to tell you, it is not that simple in in Liz Cheney's case. And Liz Cheney is positioning herself for the long term. She believes, as many of the so-called moderate establishment Republicans believe, that someday in the future, the the mood of all the the country is going to turn and everybody is going to hate Trump like, like she does. And that, that's what many of these rhinos are, are banking on, that one day they will be in charge of the party again after they drive all of the Trump people underground or out and the sentiment changes completely. And then she'll be in perfect position perhaps to run for the presidency herself or run for some higher office if that's what she wants. But I hope that the voters in this election decide that they'd like to make a change as far as Ms. Cheney and some of the other Trump haters are concerned. James Golden, WABC Talk Radio 77. More of your calls, more news coming up right after this. Welcome to the golden age of radio. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on 77 WABC. WABC Talk Radio 77. 
Carlos Santana. The group Santana. You know, Carlos Santana, I remember thinking on the Supernatural album that he did that won him Grammys. Here's a guy that is now, I think, in his either late 60s, he has to be. I believe he's in his 70s. And when you hear Carlos Santana play, his playing is better than ever. It's like he has discovered the, the, the fountain of youth as a musician. What an amazing musician he is. Carlos Santana. The Biden administration, this is an article worth reading. It's in the Federalist.com. Uh, the Biden administration has released a suspected terrorist. Hear me out, folks. Pay attention. Stop what you're doing for a quick second and just listen to the headline. This is important. The Biden administration released a suspected terrorist into the United States after he illegally crossed the border. This amazing reporting comes from Todd Benzman. Todd Benzman is the co-host of On the Border, the podcast that we do every week detailing what is going on with immigration. This is a, it prints out to 12 pages, and this is what many of us fear, that not only are illegal immigrants from other countries coming over for economic gain, but there are also terrorists that are trying to get through America's borders. Apparently, the Biden administration had captured one and released him. A susp- the one that they know is a suspected terrorist. This is an article. We'll talk more about it tomorrow. Maybe we'll even see if Todd can come on and talk about it with us. Uh, but Todd Benzman is just doing amazing work. The podcast On the Border, one of the podcasts that we're doing here. Uh, there is a question that I have for many of you. I don't know the answer to it, and I would love to hear what you think. Even Nancy Pelosi is saying that we ought to stop the importation of Russian oil right now. There are uh, congressmen and senators on both sides of the aisle, Democrats and Republicans, who are saying, hey, let's ban Russian oil. The opposition from that comes from one place. It comes from the White House. Joe Biden's White House is refusing and from day one, of since Russia invaded the Ukraine, they have refused, in all these tough sanctions that they say that they're doing, they have refused to stop the flow of Russian oil to America. And my question to all of you is, why do you think that is? There was, uh, I saw this on one of the social media sites today. Someone took a picture of the gas prices out in California when they went to fill up. And those prices, in some cases, are approaching $6 a gallon. All right, heading back to the phones. Mike, St. James, how are you? Welcome, WABC Talk Radio 77. Thank you, Bo. Uh, with all the threats going back and forth, is New York and the U.S. secure from cyber and EMP attacks? I don't know. And, and the concerns that you raise have been raised even in the mainstream press, that the United States is vulnerable, our electric grid is vulnerable, and we can only assume that those who are tasked with monitoring the cyber defenses of the United States are also aware of it and working hard. There's no way I could know the answer to that. There's no way any of us could know because we don't know what's being done to protect them. But we do know that quite a few Americans are worried about it, and we hope 
that everything that can be done is being done. Rockland County, our Gracie is on the line. Welcome, Gracie. James Golden, WABC Talk Radio 77. Hi, Bo. Listen, my tirade today is about New York City, the leaders, the politician leaders and the business leaders. Do they really think New York is going to get back uh, to what it was if they don't clean up the the crime on the subways? People who who have uh, their own limousines can afford you Ubers, private cars, all well and good. But the people who live in the outer boroughs and have to come into work, and even the people in Rockland or Westchester that, uh, you know, take real trains and then get off and then have to take the subway to the office, are not going to go back to work. They're going to tell their bosses, we want to work from home. Then the boss might say, no, no, you have to come in. Well, then they say, we're not coming in. Go find somebody else. And believe me, they're not going to find anybody else. You know, Gracie, you are so prescient. There is an article today. This is one of the things that if we had time, I was going to discuss with Princess Di about it's not just the subways. It's all mass transit. Ridership is down on commuter lines all across the country, down to the point that now it has become a problem. And and those that run the commuter lines across the country are wondering what they are going to do. And the story is in the Washington Post. As workers make fewer office trips, commuter rail systems struggle to fill empty seats. And so maybe we'll get to that. That is a problem. Now, you add to what's going on with New York. And I will tell you this. Mayor Adams, you have to do better. Words are one thing, and I understand that this is not all in your hands, Mr. Mayor. I understand that you're dealing with Democrat laws. This is your party, though. These Democrats, this is your party that allows these bail reform laws to let these criminals out on the street and let them continue to prey on people. You, Mr. Mayor, had better get a handle on this. Because you promised a safer city, and so far, New Yorkers are not feeling safer. Joe, Long Island, WABC Talk Radio 77. Welcome. By the way, remember, Cats at Night comes up next. Make sure you stick around. Joe, what's on your mind? Hello, Bo. I've been a lifelong conservative Republican. I stopped giving money this year, and if they don't get their act together, uh, I will not be supporting them, and I think a lot of Trump supporters are fed up. They're quiet right now, but we're not letting these people back in. What they did to Trump, and now now we got Biden in here, they, they, they're ruining this place. We're not going to forget. We're not forgetting. Okay, let me tell you something. Tomorrow, the trucks start showing up in Washington, D.C., the Freedom Convoy. And Democrats are so, so petrified of the people that bring goods to your home, to your stores, the people that keep this country running, that deliver the food from from the ranches and deliver it into the supermarkets. They're so afraid of these working men and women that they put up that fence again around the Capitol building. This is what Democrats think of the working people of America. They want to keep them fenced out. But the Freedom Convoy is delivering the message that you just delivered. We see what's going on in this country, and we are sick of it. Many people are. Now, I will remind you, November is our opportunity. Rich Manhattan, 
WABC Talk Radio 77. What's on your mind today? Hey, Bo, thank you for taking my call. It's kind of a two-part of my thing, and I'll get to the second part and explain why my first part is, you know, social media play is a double-edged sword, right? And I, I know that Putin has full control of the media in Russia. How can our buddy, Mr. Zuckerberg, and Instagram penetrate that and give the individuals the uh, what's really going on? The, the, initially, when we had the few protesters that were arrested, if you notice, those were the younger individuals who were in social media and knew what was going on. Now, my second part, I'll say this because I live in a part of the city where there are few Russian businesses, and this is the God's honest truth. Today, I spoke to a lady. She finally spoke to her husband in Russia, and he told her that the reason they're attacking Ukraine is because Ukraine tried to invade Russia. And this is what the Russian people believe. And she told them, again, are you crazy? The whole world is against us. That is not true. But just as this is the propaganda that goes on. This is why there maybe is not enough pressure in Russia, because the propaganda, they believe that Ukraine started the invasion. So thank you for that call. And let me let me double up on your point, Rich. The the people in Russia are also being told, number one, they've cut a lot of the foreign broadcast in Russia, so they cannot get news from the outside. Social media platforms are, are, are definitely being censored in Russia. Protesters, over 7,000 that we know of, have been arrested. They have a young kid right now that they've employed as kind of their, their propaganda person teaching the nation that, that, indeed, this is not... Russia's just defending itself. Russia's defending itself against a possible nuclear attack from Ukraine. This is one of the things that they're being told. And they've also been told that in the Ukraine, there are Nazis there, that there have been long-term Nazis that have been anti-Russian for decades and decades. None of this is true. This is Russian propaganda. And by the way, this is why so many people are worried about the mainstream media in our country, because what used to happen in Pravda is now happening in mainstream media. If you go against the government line, you're sanctioned. You're not allowed. If you go against the narrative that an, an elite few put out, then you're also considered a coop nut whack job, and you're not listened to. All you have to do is look at some of the coverage that has gone on for COVID. I read today that a group of doctors now want other doctors banned for prescribing things that, quote, unquote, don't work. Here's the problem. Some of the things that they say don't work. There have been many people who have been given these medications, and the people themselves say they do work. So, again, we, yes, there's so much propaganda going on in Russia right now, and we should worry about it. But we should also worry about the propaganda that is taking place in the United States media. We should worry about the medical reporting that's supposed to be based on science, but it's not. It's based on politics. If you remember, as soon as Donald Trump mentioned the word hydroxychloroquine, all hell broke loose. And there was a so-called study that showed it wasn't effective. And that study is still being used today to say it doesn't work, even though there was a subsequent study that pointed out how that initial study about hydroxychloroquine was wrong. Now, what Americans want is the truth. They don't want this political squabbling when it comes to medicine and science. They want truth.
James Golden with you, and we're here tomorrow, 7 a.m., as we begin three-hour on Saturday, our Saturday morning radio extravaganza, New York Strong. We are in New York City, the greatest city in the world, in America, the greatest nation humanity has ever witnessed. God bless, protect each and every one of you, and we ask God's blessings for the people suffering in the Ukraine. We'll see you tomorrow at 7 o'clock. John Katz up next, Katz at night. Keep it here on WABC. See you tomorrow morning.